What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the True Christian Ministry Podcast. It is Wednesday. What is today? November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving, which I've never asked you, JD. Do you guys celebrate anything? Yeah, because it would mean nothing, absolutely nothing to you. So nope. you don't get good food tomorrow. No, we, we don't get, I just get a, a normal standard toasted sandwich. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man, you know what? Your first your first Thanksgiving in America, you're gonna have a blast. Don't worry. I, I'm talk guys, I'm already speaking it into existence that he's coming here. It's not a matter of uh, of uh if but when. That, that's yeah. that's all it is. Uh Amen. but uh welcome back to the show. It is our Wednesday episode. What up, brother? Hey brother, always yeah. uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to see your face. Good to see you. Uh, you 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 clean up quite well. You clean up quite well. Looking like looking like suave Mike. This I want to be, I wanna be like Mike. We always get a haircut, at least in the culture I grew up on. Uh, grew up on. So it didn't matter if you just got a haircut like four days ago. Like if it's a holiday, you get a haircut the day before. You always show up to family events. Fresh. It's, it's what I call that mask you put on, so that way you can show everybody that you are doing way better than you, than you really are. Everybody yeah. on the holidays, the best outfits, the best uh, uh, everything. No, but all jokes aside, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to our Wednesday episode. And um, as always, if you're watching on TikTok, you can come over to YouTube to be a part of the conversation. We have been live on Facebook for the last couple weeks as well. So if you are one of the people watching over on Facebook, um, by all means, come on over to YouTube to join the full conversation where we have currently 55 people joining us. As you see, the topic tonight is Sola Scriptura. And um, it's it's one that's very important uh, when it comes to what our beliefs are. I mean, JD and I have emphasized this many times that the authority in Scripture is so important. Uh, in fact, this is the only question that matters when you talk to anybody of the Orthodox or Catholic faith. The reason why is because if you can't figure out this, there's nothing else we could talk about. Because if scripture is not your ultimate authority, well then from that point on, the conversation will fall apart because we'll, we will appeal here, they appeal over here, right? So this is why it's so important for us. So tonight we're gonna discuss what Sola Scriptura is and why we believe it, obviously going into the scriptures. Um, I think I got it all. Oh yeah, JD, like and share and all that stuff, right? Yeah, uh, you got to. Uh, we 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 often forget. I forget. Mark forgets. We often forget. Um, but you know what? I've also realized um, over the last few weeks is is that God God is the the orchestrator. God is the playmaker. God lets this fall on the ears that it needs to fall. Um, and I've had so many so many private messages um, over this past week um, from people thanking me and Mark. Um, and and it's a, generally the opening is I'm sending this to you because I know Mike won't read it. <laughs> so it's like it's like I thank mean. you guys. Uh, we 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 absolutely and I speak for myself and I speak for my brother. We are absolutely doing this for the glory of God. Um, we do not want to be elevated. We do not want to be put on a pedestal. And everything we do is is to bring people closer to Christ and. Uh, falling falling in love with the text man falling in love with god's words that's that's what it comes down to so to all the messages i received this week um of gratitude and thanks um i appreciate you all and uh yeah to all my american friends i hope you have a, a blessed thanksgiving and that god continues to work in and through your lives so thanks for being here the day before thanksgiving 
Yes, 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 our wonderful day. Uh, so before we dive into tonight's uh, episode, though, I do want to address something. And I know I say this often, but I know that certain people watch these podcasts uh, that aren't our favorite or that, that don't look at us as their favorites. They actually are always watching. I, I think it's the Gospel of John where it says that they watched hoping that he would do something wrong, right? We, we have people like that. And it's not just one group. It's a bunch of groups. <clears throat> it's a bunch of groups. So lately I've been having a lot of people, as always, you know, mock accounts, uh, making videos about me. And I, and I expect that. But I just wanted to let you guys know if you're watching, if you're one of those people, it, it's sad. It, this obsession is not a good thing. It, it really, I'm, I'm just saying this like man to man because this crazy thing, JD, is you know what I've realized? Why is it that all the people that are my opponents, they're pointing at something other than the gospel? Right over here, you got people that are telling me submit to Rome and and attacking on that front because of my submission to a church. And then over here, you you know, <laughs> completely the opposite of the gospel. Meanwhile, over here, what do we always say every episode? Like there's evidence. There's evidence. All my videos are still up. We point at Jesus. That like we team Jesus over here. Matter of fact, that's what we said a long time ago. Like it's it's funny to me that there are actual Christians out there, and I'm not just talking about the 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 refuting each other. That happens. Christians are always doing that. But there are some Christians out here that are obsessed with uh, attacking other Christians based on a certain ground. And although I might be the target of many of them at one point, they're still going to do it to others. So that's why I like to bring attention to it. Um, if you see anybody stitching anybody's video, you need, go watch the original video for context. Not just yeah. me. Right? I'm not trying to just defend myself. But before you make an assumption, go watch the entire video. Now, if you don't care, just keep swiping. But if you're going to make an assumption, never do it off of the person who's correcting them, their version of the edit. Because let's be honest, it's a bias edit. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's ultimately that's – ultimately very good advice because um even when we're stitching folks like dan the mormon um go watch his full videos um and and, and see for yourself how how deceptive um the the video is in its entirety um and th this is so fitting because just yesterday you know um i stitched a, a dan video where he came out and he said that the bible doesn't say anything the bible is just a text it's it's just it's just words on a page and it's 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 open to interpretation um that's that's absolutely the opposite of of sola scriptura that's the opposite of tota scriptura um second timothy 3 16 tells us that all scripture is breathed out by god and all scripture is profitable for teaching for correction for rebuking for exhortation and to make the man of god perfect um and and this this greek word here perfection is is the perfection that we receive by being dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ, by being washed clean, by having our sins blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is that perfection which we read throughout the book of Hebrews, um, especially if you're working through Hebrews 6 through 9, we see this perfection and the emphasis put on that none of us, none of us will stand justified before God because if anything we have done or haven't done, God is not interested in our work. He's not interested in what we can do. He's not interested in how many podcasts Mike and I do a week. None of these things mean absolutely anything to God. What matters is, is that we relay the text 
and the way that it is put out that we exercise biblical hermeneutics and that we exegete the text using the power of the Holy Spirit that flows within us. Everything outside of this um, is irrelevant. And that's why this topic is so important. It's, 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 it's a topic that's very close to my heart. I know it's very close to Mark's heart because we do see, um, unfortunately, a lot of people um, take the text and they isogete and they make it say something it doesn't say at all. And unfortunately, this, this leads to the destruction of the flock. Um, again, I'll point people to Acts chapter 20, where Paul ushers this explicit warning that there will come a time when people will lead away disciples after themselves. They will pull away the flock and, and deceive them with, with subtle messages and subtle deceit. Again, deceit is subtle. Deceit is if you go look at the way Satan beguiled Eve or tricked Eve in Genesis chapter 3, we see that it is a subtlety that sounds like you're giving someone truth. So again, discernment is not knowing the difference between what right and wrong is. Discernment is knowing the difference between what is correct and what is almost correct. Because almost correct, again, the, the analogy my brother gave a while ago, if you even take 90% pure water and you just add 10% urine, it's no longer clean water. It's no longer drinkable water. So unfortunately, we've got a lot of people... Uh, Drinking water that has been tainted with with sewage that has been tainted. <laughs> they out here drinking pissy water. Yeah, that's 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 ultimately what it is. So, um, if we can, I just want to pray tonight before we get into this, so that uh, we absolutely do not err from the truth, and that everybody that comes in here um, will be blessed, and that the Holy Spirit will move, and those that have not yet come to the knowledge of the truth, that they will do so tonight so heavenly father once again lord i thank you for my brother mike and and i lift him up lord and his family his beautiful wife his beautiful children and that you will continue to work on his heart and in his life that's everything we do here together tonight lord that we will glorify your name that we will amplify your name that we will not err from the truth that we will continue to do what we do in love and that the holy spirit will shine through us as a light and that we will not we will not be tripped up and we will not be angry at, at those who are coming to scoff and mock and tear apart what you have already ordained. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. So, Wonderful let's get prayer. it. And I'm glad you said something in that prayer. Um, we all know that over a year ago I had my little ordeal with a certain little peasant. Um, and, and I refuse to say names because I will not give attention. But. I mentioned, I think I said it off air to JD for sure. I don't know if I ever talked about it on air, but I said, there's going to be a lot more of this person and I'm glad this is happening, right? And I do believe that, you know, it has prepared me because now with more and more of it happening, I don't even give it attention. I won't even look, uh, even though they're begging me to look like legit commenting, like, go look at it. <laughs> but um, it, I, I'm not worried about it because there's so many people that are really thirsty for knowledge. And tonight we've got a lot of it. Tonight we're discussing Sola scriptura and i'm going to treat this so barney style because guys i want you to be very understanding of what this means so you can stop letting people misrepresent it because the truth is the reason why catholics and, and i'm talking about catholics mainly because they're the main ones that are going to push against this don't get it twisted though there's lots of protestants that don't go by solo scriptura right um 
Sola Scriptura has a certain, there's a, this is what bothers me, JD. Catholics will point to like the progressives and say that's the downfall of Sola Scriptura because they think Sola Scriptura means go read your Bible alone and come up with anything you want. That's yeah. not what that means. Those people are not following Sola Scriptura either. Sola Scriptura is that the Bible is the ultimate guide to faith and the ultimate authority, right? So it is our our final checking point, right? But no matter what, you never go beyond that. In fact, if our life is a car, the Bible is the manual. No matter what, you wouldn't break the rules with the manual says. If the manual says you do not use this fluid, you don't use it. Now, if it doesn't mention others, then, hey, we can do different things with traditions, whatever. But the traditions cannot trump what the manual given by God declares. That is what Sola Scriptura yeah. is. And, and, you know, there's this argument of like, you know, well, uh, that's just you interpreting the Bible. If anybody tells you that, I just want to just give you a little FYI on what you need to say to them. We all go off our interpretations. There's this weird idea that only Protestants who believe in Sola Scriptura are relying on their own interpretation. However, in order for a Catholic to make the decision to allow the Catholic Church to be their representative, they had to interpret some type of information that led them to decide that the Catholic Church was uh, eligible to be this be in this position, if that makes sense. We all have to interpret information. This is a part of humanity. Like every day you all interpret information. Right? Yeah. Period. Amen. All of you interpret Do I want to get on this podcast and listen to these people, right? Um, did you want to answer that question real quick? I saw you pop it up. Yeah. So while it's in your head. Yeah. So this is a, a, let me just get that right. Basic Bible Interpretation by Dr. Roy B. Zuck. Okay, so this is a, a, a very good book. It's an easy read. Um, and this is a beginner's. This is like a first year seminary student uh, guide, um, which just basically tells you, um, explains context. It explains the context. It explains when the Jesus Christ spoke in certain parables, why he spoke in those parables. Um, and again, brings in the Jewish traditions, brings in the Jewish tradition so that we can understand the context of what Jesus Christ is saying. So a lot of people misunderstand, like, for example, as we have covered the parable of the sower and um, most people who battle with eternal security or reject um, once saved, always saved, um, would be leading towards the Armenian way of interpreting the scriptures. Um, and they look at Matthew 7 verses 20 through 22 completely um, incorrectly. Um, Jesus Christ is not speaking to the believers. Jesus Christ knows those who are his. Um, and this is clearly to those who think they can get into heaven by good merit and good works by casting out demons and um, doing things for the poor. So again, biblical hermeneutics is important. So I would I would highly recommend Roy B. Zuck, uh, basic Bible interpretation um, for anyone who is starting to read the Bible. And since we're talking about it, this is a great little tool right here. It's called uh, just the New Testament. It's message and background or it's background and message. And basically it's just a good uh, for context, right? To understand what's going on culturally and all those things, because that actually feeds into my next point. So in order to truly respect Sola Scriptura, one must understand what Tota Scriptura is, right? And, and before you get boggled down thinking about like all these keywords, these are just words that summarize a, a thought or an understanding, or a way that you approach uh, uh, the studying of scriptures, right? You, A lot of people practice tota scriptura without knowing what that word is, but it means all of scripture in totality. You see, in, in order to understand the scriptures, you have to understand that there is no private interpretation. 
myself, the Pope, none of us have a private interpretation. The interpretation is there for all believers, right? That all believers have access to what the word of God says by the power of the Holy Spirit. And scripture interprets scripture. This is why Isaiah tells us line upon line, precept upon precept, we should be able to see a um, uh, word I'm looking for here. What's that word where everything just harmonizes? That's I'll use that. It should harmonize, right? It shouldn't be like just my belief is over here in this tiny little corner here. Like, for example, James 2. If the only place that defends what you believe is James 2, then you have a problem because the Bible doesn't work that way, right? Um, so Scriptura is that the Bible is the ultimate authority. Now, Amen. you're also going to hear, before we dive into the scripture, let me just cover this. You're also going to hear people say, well, that's a, an invention of the 1500s during the Reformation. Um, if anybody tells you that, the immediate response to that is no. It's just that that's when it was declared as a, 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 and identified. And the funny thing that I, I think is hilarious about this, J.D., is that's the same argument that, that the Catholics would reject if I pointed out um, – you know, uh, uh, that one of their dogmas was brought forth in the 1500s as well. Uh, which dogma was it? Perpetual virginity, I believe, is the 1500s. Well, they would say, well, they're just, you know, defining it. Exactly. It's not that we didn't believe it. It's being defined there. We could see Sola Scriptura all throughout the scriptures. Um, mm -hmm. so, and then, and then. That's, that's what matters. And then um, the very last thing before we touch, before we dive in on, on this is a real quick touch on the canon. Because, again, people are going to say, well, how are you Sola Scriptura? Uh, you know, you, the only reason you have a Bible is because the Catholic Church and you guys really should do a lot. I, I, I can't give you all this information right now. We're not even talking about it, but I beg you to go do the research on it to understand that, first of all, no true Catholic theologian would ever say such blasphemous words as the Catholic Church is the one who gave people the Bible. No, the yeah. Catholic Church was used to canonize what was already known to be scripture. Um, the scriptures had already existed prior. Uh, the Bible was already in existence before the church uh, and, and yeah. the Catholic church brought forth, I mean, not brought forth, but brought together the known scriptures with some letters and compiled what God revealed. Scripture is God revealed. Um, so yeah. we're going to talk about a lot of that throughout the day, but let's go ahead and open up the Bible. And yeah, there's just, just too many. There's too many. Like, I don't even know where to start when it comes to opening up the Bible, because there's just way too many verses where God puts authority on his word. And, and well, I wanted to actually go to Genesis three real quick because you brought it up. Um, yeah. I want, let's look at exactly how Satan works and, and, and pay attention to his attack. Um, Genesis three starts and it says, now the serpent was more crafty than the other, any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you there shall you not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So real quick. Satan doesn't, Satan doesn't lie in this. He deceives. What do I mean by that? Look at what he says. First, he asks, did God really say that command, which he repeats word for word. And then instead of saying, no, God lied and that's not true. He just said, you shall not, uh, oh, sorry. You will surely not die. So he challenges what God said. 
He doesn't straight up twist it fully. He just slides that little bit of deception in. Like, mm, that's not really accurate. Mm. Yeah. I think I think you're misinterpreting what God said to you. Mm. Just but I'm also just, just saying. But also, but also what we see here, and I pointed this out to Selena a couple of months ago. What we also see here is the first example of somebody adding to the word of God. Um, and, and people are like, well, what do you mean? Look at look at Eve's response uh, when when she says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good and that it was a delight in the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. But notice where she adds to the word of God. Let's just go back. He said to the woman, did he actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it. God gave no such command to Adam. God never said to Adam, don't touch. He simply said, don't eat. So what Eve's done here is she's added to the word of God. So the moment she touched of the fruit. Notice this. The moment she touched the fruit and nothing happened to her and she didn't die, then the next step would be eating because she touched it and didn't die. Again, God gave no such command of not touching. So we see the very same thing happen today in many, many churches. They'll add a line to the scripture. They'll add a word to the scripture. This immediately makes that verse or that text completely void. God gave no such command. Again, when we look at the, the commandment of thou shalt not murder, some translations say thou shalt not kill. This confuses many, many Christians because we have to kill. We have to kill in order to eat. If we, if we do not kill, we cannot eat meat. How do you eat without killing? Again, murder constitutes me taking another life made in the image of God. This is what constitutes murder. Killing, again, as we see the author of Ecclesiastes say as well, there is a time to kill and a time to make peace. Again, we see there were wars waged during the Old Testament between Israel and their neighboring enemies. God gave instruction to kill. Again, this is not the same as murder. Murder is for vainglory. Murder is to take a life because of personal gain. So when we add or change God's word, the context is lost. The meaning is lost, and ultimately people are deceived. Amen. Now, we're going to work our, th our way through the scriptures, and don't worry. I see the comments. There's certain major scriptures that you guys are going to want me to touch on, and we are. But I wanted to stop here in Deuteronomy because, again, here's the question that people will ask. Well, how would you know what the scriptures are? And I honestly find this offensive, J.D., when people say this as if God relies on man in any way. I want you all to look. There's some people that won't hear anything I'm saying. I don't care about them. For you guys that are listening, I want you to really think about this. Everything Jesus said, he always backed with scripture. When Jesus stood against Satan in the desert, he used scripture. When Jesus uh, preached to anyone, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the Jews, he used scripture. In fact, in John 5, he says, if I alone was the bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. Because God holds himself to his own standard. And his own standard is that you have to have these fulfillments. Now, I want to take you to Genesis 9, I mean, Deuteronomy 19, because the people asked Moses this exact question. Look here at verse um, 21. I have it highlighted. Uh, uh, it says, and if you say in your heart, 
how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? Because at this moment, remember, this is the first time God's really revealing himself to the group of Israel, right? We, we don't see this prior to this for the group. He's got individuals, the patriarchs, right? But then Moses leads them out of Egypt. And here we go. We're about to have Israel, the big group of people. And they're going to go off of the scriptures because Moses is getting them right now. He's getting Genesis. He's getting the law. So now God's word will be written. This is when it all begins. So then there's there, there's them being uh, there's prophecy about more to come after Moses, more prophets, right? Uh, um, and they say, well, how will we know whether the word is from the Lord or not? Well, obviously Moses said, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, JD, the magisterium of the Catholic Church in 2,000 years will square this all the way for you. Don't worry, right? <laughs> well, I forget sometimes. I'm sorry. He says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. And there's more than that. He talks about it a little bit up here about um, uh, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded. Uh, he'll die, et cetera, et cetera. There's multiple tests, but this is one of the biggest tests, right? We know that prophecy will be fulfilled if anything is wrong. In the scriptures, if anything is wrong in the word that is given by the prophets, then it is not of God. Then we also have um, uh, scriptures that confirm other scriptures, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So I just wanted to pass by that while we were here. Um, let me now open up Luke 24 because this one's one of my favorite spots. JD, I think this is so beautiful. Um, this is so Jesus is resurrected, first first day resurrection, right? And only a couple things we see. He sees Mary. He sends her back. Then he, then the people come and, and they're looking for him. And they come across him and they're like, we're looking for our rabbi. We're looking for Jesus. And he says to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? So he challenges them like, didn't you know what the scripture said? And then it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. JD, what is the very first thing Jesus did after resurrection? What do you mean? Like what context? Right here. He, what is he doing right here with the, with the manuscripts? I mean, with the scriptures. Yeah, exactly. He's teaching hermeneutics. He's saying, this is the scriptures. This is how we, this is what the scriptures say. And this is how we exegete what those scriptures meant. It's it's yeah, it's the first, it's the first lesson in trusting the word of God. Amen. The very first thing he did is went straight to the scriptures, exactly. And that goes, and and I'll I, I like to use an Augustine quote for why he did this. Because my words, since they, you know, people love church fathers, Augustine has a quote on why Jesus does this. And I think it's a uh it's pretty cool. He says, Amen. You ought to notice particularly. And store in your memory that God wanted to lay a firm foundation in the scriptures against treacherous errors, a foundation against which no one dare to speak who would in any way be considered a Christian. For when he offered himself to them to touch, this did not suffice him unless he also confirmed the heart of believers from the scriptures. For he foresaw that the time would come when we would not have anything to touch, but would have something to read. Amen. What's that, what's that mean in, in modern language in case you missed wow. what that meant? That's good, he said, man. Jesus understood that 
they wouldn't always have that ability. Like Thomas, remember Thomas put his fingers in his hands and his side and they saw, but what did he say? Blessed, you know, you see me and believe, blessed are those who will believe without seeing. Jesus understood that we will not always have him to put our hands on, but there's going to be believers that need to, need to know the words that, that, that prophesy of him and his fulfillment. And that is in the scriptures. So Jesus first action is taking them to the scriptures and not just these two. If you scroll down a little bit more, when he gets around the rest of them, it says in verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So all the disciples, his main, his first thing he does, does, does is make sure that they're aware of what the scriptures say about him. How does this Amen. not emphasize the importance of the scriptures? Amen. Amen. I mean, we've, uh, I've, I've addressed this question before, but I'll, I'll just quickly go Again, what is hermeneutics? Hermeneutics is the art uh, or the science of interpretation. So we all use hermeneutics every single day. If you read a story out of a newspaper article, you're using hermeneutics. You're interpreting what's being said. So if I say Mike went outside and threw a Frisbee to the dog, you know what that means because you know what a Frisbee is. You know what a dog is and you know what throwing is. So again, this is how we interpret the scriptures. If we, again, look at the Greek definitions, this is why we often open up the Greek. This is why we often refer to the Greek, because we can see multiple definitions for the same word, but in its context, this is how it is applied. So this is why we can't just read the Bible and go, okay, well, that's what it says, and that's the conclusion I've come to. Um, this is ultimately how modalism came about. This is, this is a classic misinterpretation. Of scripture. This is why we have um, people that reject the triune God because they haven't, they haven't applied biblical hermeneutics. They haven't applied the art of extracting the text in a way that we are instructed to extract the, te extract the text. Um, and uh, that's a, a beautiful passage where we see Jesus Christ referring to the word of God as infallible, as inerrant, as perfect and pure. So, Love it. Amen. So let's go over, ahead, over to 2 Thessalonians. Let's go ahead and hit it because we know we're going to have people that constantly, again, if if your entire belief in something is, is contingent to one verse, I don't get how people do this, JD. Like, let's have a conversation for a second. Can we just have a Christian to Christian talk? Like, I don't get how people don't realize how weird that is because every time you have this conversation, this is where they run to. And it's like, so nowhere else. And so you're telling me that this is something you stand on, but yet Paul only mentions it to the people that live in Thessalonica. He didn't tell the Corinthians that because yeah, in the Corinthians letter, he says, what? Do not go beyond what is written. And, and to the second Corinthians, uh, his second letter to the Corinthians, he says, what I say when absent by letter, I say when in person. So he's confirming it's the same thing. But but what he says to the people in Thessalonica, suddenly it's like, well, that that's what what it means. Yeah, and I mean that's that's ultimately where Catholics go. They go to they go to one Thessalonians two, I think it's two fifteen, um, and and they ultimately again this is where we take a specific cherry picking a specific verse and going we're going to base all of the the dogma and all the doctrine that we hold to on this specific verse which we've carefully selected in order to back up our claim. Um, very dangerous. This is very dangerous. We also we also don't go look Ephesians 1:13. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and that's it. Once saved, always saved. We can literally go through eternal security 
throughout the Gospels, throughout Paul's epistles, Peter's epistle, the book of James. We can go through all of these and show you piece by piece how they all confirm the same message and how they all confirm eternal security. Where if we just take a single verse, that doesn't really back our arguments at all. Because anyone can take take that and um, go, okay, well, there we go. That's that's the argument. It's, it's really not the argument at all. And with that, let's go ahead and read 2 Thessalonians real quick in some context. I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to try and go through a little quick because the beginning um, isn't really where I need to be. But it's all, it's all important for context. It says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being <clears throat> and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter scream, a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. So what do we see how this is opening up about him saying, yo, mm-hmm. remember what we said about this. Don't let anybody deceive you about this, about this. This thing is what we're talking about. Yeah. He literally opens Amen. up saying, now concerning the coming of our Lord. Okay, let's keep going. He says, let no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. So there's there's the in-person telling you things. What's he told him about? About the end days, right? Okay, let's keep going. And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we ought, but you were you about to stop me? Yeah, no, I'm just saying again, this is this is this is a, such an important passage because often misinterpreted, often uh, taken out of context. Um, and again, we, we see Jesus' warning in, in John 3, those who have not believed stand condemned already. Um, so we've seen especially when you get to verse 12, some people like to uh, see there your your God um your God is literally doing the same thing he's done to Pharaoh, blah, blah, blah. We've, we, we've had these arguments. Again, God is giving them over to their own desires. Um, and the falling away here or rebellion spoken of a couple of verses before is apostasy. This is this is a false Christ, um, the progressive Christianity, universalism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses and the like. The, these are people who were deceived by men. Um, if we look at, at at Joseph Smith, he managed to deceive thousands, and to this day, people are still being deceived by him. So when we see that this is the spirit of the Antichrist, as as we see in First John, is already at work in the sons of disobedience, we see this is also part of it the the apostate doctrine that which is not. And again, why am I mentioning this? Because this comes back to our point of of conversation, sola scriptura. 
This is why we stand on all scripture and not if Mike and I decide we are going to come to a conclusion about a certain passage um, to deceive people. Guess what? It's very possible for us to do that. It's it's um, especially when you've got people following you, you can come up and if Mike and I somehow agree on something and go, yes, that's what it means. Um, people are more inclined to go, okay, because Mike and JD said that. So that's, that's obviously what it means. Um, again, we, we tell everybody, go back to the word and test everything. Don't take everything we say at face value. And if there's something you don't understand, ask the question, pose the question, um, because we might be wrong. At some point, we might be wrong. And, and again, we take every effort not to be um, in error and not to misrepresent God. So look at, the, look at the heart and look at the fruits. Look at what these people are trying to achieve um, and if they're pulling away followers after themselves or trying to stay relevant or trying to stay hip or trying to be woke, then there is a problem within how they're interpreting the scripture. Amen. So I want you guys to understand what we just read. He's telling them that this day is coming. Don't let anybody convince you it already came. Don't let anybody convince you that it's any different understand that what I told you about, we know that it's a fact. And then he goes and says, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. To this, he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all together, what did he say? We're going to summarize all of the whole entire chapter so far. You know what I told you. It is true. Don't let anybody lie to you. Don't let anybody deceive you, no matter what they say to you. I was there. I told you these things. And then, hey, I love you guys. May the Lord watch over you. You are chosen. And then what does he say? So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. This is not a, an, a universal verse covering the entire Bible. This is specifically in the context here about this moment saying, guys, remember what we said when I was there and I said it to you in our letters, what we've said to you, because look in first, Thess uh, uh, the first Thessalonians chapter two, actually verse 13, 14, around there, Paul says, I wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered me. So then he sends the first letter. So they get a letter. And then between first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians, Paul visits, or I think he sends somebody. I might be wrong on that. So by the time they get this, he has spoken to them in person and letter, or they've had people in person and letter. And he's telling them in regards to this subject, because remember this little part, part right here that says stand firm, that's added in. That's hauled in, stop and say new paragraph, stand firm. That's, that's the translators kind of separating passages by titles. This is flowing. So I know the subject is now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I know that that subject ends when he says, finally, brothers, this is reading comprehension. So I know based on even how these words, how these paragraphs begin, uh, uh, you know, you got an introduction, a conclusion, you got a body like this is all one piece right here. Obviously, this is why the translators decided to make this one chapter. So if anybody tries to tell you that this is permission to say, and what makes me upset is they'll verbally say this, J.D., this is the Bible telling you that you don't need the Bible alone. Yeah. Like that's crazy because, yeah. but then you throw away the verses that scream it. <laughs> throw yeah, away the is, verses that yeah. scream it. 
Amen. And this is this is the point that you made earlier. Harmonization. How does this? So when we see a verse that seems to contradict something else, this is a massive sign for you to look into it and, and, and dig deeper into the scripture. For example, we see people do this with Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10 all the time. We've addressed it so many times. It's if it seems to contradict, then it's our understanding that is that is flawed, not the text. So when we go and we look deeper into the text and we look at the context again, this is what Mike mentioned last week or, or this week on Monday on the podcast is people will take a verse and not read the entire chapter. Anybody can make a verse say what they want it to say. Uh, this mm -hmm. is this is why we have the prosperity uh, gospel that that grows like wildfire and and is spreading all over the world, um, and people buy into this word of faith um, crap that you can you know speak things into being. Um, we do not have that authority, and how do we know we don't have that authority? Because only God is able to speak life. Only God is able to speak things into existence. Genesis, we, we see it very clearly. God is the author of all creation, um, not us. We don't get to dictate and say and make claims. So full context of the of the passage is essential to, to understanding what, what is being said. Exactly. And I want to take you guys over here to show you exactly why uh, trying to take 2 Thessalonians out of context doesn't work because we can look all throughout the scriptures. I love this right here because it actually talks about the Thessalonians. It says, now these Jews, talking about the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Ironic, right? They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. I love that Amen. because... It's the Thessala, it's the people in Thessalonica that Paul says to them, you like, like stick to what you've either been told or what's in scripture. And that doesn't mean, again, it's not two different messages. It's two modes of delivery. That's another thing, JD. It blows my mind that when they hear that, even if that's the context, like you think that there's hidden information that they didn't write down that they didn't feel was important? Because here's the thing. I mentioned this in a video earlier. I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, but I was thinking about this today. John's the last apostle, right? We know he makes it to his late you know, years and, and he's the last one alive. John writes the gospel of John when Peter's dead. Why doesn't John, knowing that, yo, this is, this is it. I'm the last one to, to give this information. Why doesn't he say anything like what we read from Second Thessalonians? Because at the end of the Gospel of John, it says what? Ready? <laughs> this is the beautiful thing about John's writing. John is the last apostle with the capability of giving us any last bit of word from the apostles, right? Holy Spirit has this moment right here to, you know, what, what's the final things I need the world to know? So in John 20, at the end of his first book, the book he writes called The Gospel, he writes what? Um... Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So, last apostle alive, I got to make sure I give them something important. 
He's saying like, look, there's lots of things Jesus did. In fact, in the very next chapter, he repeats himself and says, there are things that Jesus did where every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So like, there's tons of stuff, but he, but he says, this is what you need for salvation. Then he writes something else. Amen. John writes first John after that. What does first John say? So he writes the gospel so you may know Jesus and by knowing him, you'll have life. And then here he writes this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have life, eternal life. So he writes the gospel of John to make sure that you know what to believe in. And he writes first John so that you can make sure that you actually believe and that you have eternal life. Last apostle alive, he doesn't say, make sure you lean on Peter's successor. Peter's dead. We know Peter's dead because John references it literally at the end of his gospel when he says when John when uh, Jesus tells Peter how he's going to die, John was able to write like this is when Jesus was talking about how Peter would die because John knows it because he died that way. John's the final yeah. apostle, and not once does he mention, "Hey, lean on these traditions. Hey, lean on our successors." At this time, you think John couldn't say, "Hey, Polycarp." I've, I've trained him well. Is it Polycarp that's John's? Yeah, John's disciple was Polycarp. Hey, Polycarp is the one you need to listen to now. No, yeah. he says, my children, this is what you need. Because yeah. they were the yeah. witnesses of Jesus, and the scriptures are from the eyewitnesses of Jesus. That's what it's all about. And it, I write these so you may have life, and then I write these so you may know that you have life. And right before that, he actually says um, that you may have confidence right here. Uh Oh, there is no fear in love, perfect love. It's supposed to say it right here. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. So that's what John writes for us. So I don't know about you, JD, but I'm going to trust that the final apostle knew what we needed um, before he departed this world. Amen. Amen. And again, when when we look at the the way it closes off john saying if we if we had to have every single re recording of what jesus did do during his earthly ministry the pages in the world couldn't contain it so the miracles we witness the healings we witness the the parables we have been given are essential to the christian lifestyle are essential for salvation are essential for doctrine are essential for us to walk upright and pursue the righteousness of god this is this is why we again back to the topic sola scriptura so if it's in the bible it's relevant if it's not in the bible it's not relevant so we're not saying that you can't go read a book by another author who's 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 given a commentary on a on a certain uh, passage and you will find conflicting views you will find varying views when it comes to eschatology, when it comes to when it comes to uh, how people view baptism, you will have conflicting views. Again, we see does it harmonize with the text? Because people will give you a view, and we need to say, okay, but does that harmonize? Does do I find the consistent message throughout the New Testament? Am I seeing the same pattern throughout the New Testament? Because if if there is a a moment where you're like this contradicts that that's exactly where your your ears need to perk and you need to be like okay let me look into this because this is how we study if something seems to contradict 
we're able to go into the text and go, okay, that's what it's saying. This is why we've done so many episodes on Matthew 7, for example, on Hebrews 6, on Hebrews 10, 26, because of its mis- how it's been misunderstood and how it's been relayed. And you will find this from, I mean, I think Mike and I are both anti-Arminianism because of the misuse of the gifts, the the fact that they think your salvation is 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 something that you can lose or walk away from. This is completely heretical if you look at the text in its entirety, because none of none of who were Christ's, none of those who came to Christ were ever lost. This is why Jesus Christ says to the lame man, your sins are forgiven. And, and then the Pharisees are like, whoa, 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 what's, what's, what's this about? Like only God can forgive sins. Um, and he's like, so what would it have been better for me to say you are healed or your sins are forgiven? So again, we see the, the spiritual healing take place as well as the physical healing. This is the same as Jesus saying to, to, to the, the prostitutes that go and sin no more. Um, not that she wasn't going to sin anymore, but she had been forgiven of her sins to that point. She had been forgiven. So here's the exhortation. Now that you have been forgiven, don't fall back into the same pattern. Don't go back to your old life. You have been renewed. So we understand that standing on scripture alone and standing on everything that we find within the text points to our salvation being secure in Christ because of the finished work of Christ. And this is why Paul says to us in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. We are not saved because of anything that we have or haven't done. Again, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ, not of ourselves, not of works. No man can boast. Paul also tells us in Romans chapter 2, no one, no one will will be excluded from, um, from the kingdom of God if they've believed, if they've believed the gospel account. Amen. So while you were talking, I, I was just pulling up a bunch of scriptures because like you said, the, the Bible talks about the word of God clearly. So I just want to go through a bunch because here's the thing. We we mentioned that the one place they go is 2 Thessalonians 2.15. All right, cool. You can have that. What if, what if we go through the whole Bible and the Bible says nonstop that the word of God is it. It is what you need. Why would I reject hundreds of context-filled passages for one out of context part. So what does Deuteronomy 8 says? And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The word of the Lord. You might say, Mike, what does this have to do with the word of God? And this is what honestly what bothers me. They always say, show me in the Bible where it says, you know, solo scriptura, the word of God is the ultimate authority. And it's like, why would God have to dis- tell you his words, the ultimate authority? If the fact is God is the ultimate authority and God's word is him, right? Like, do I have, does, does God have to lay that out for you? Does he have to say, oh, by the way, in case you weren't aware, what I say goes forever. Did you not know that? Like, it blows my mind. If it's God, then his word holds his authority, period. Let's keep reading. Just going through the word of God real quick. Ephesians 6, I want to save this for JD. This is what I want him to be involved with. Isaiah 55, he says uh, in verse 11, so shall my word 
be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. First Peter chapter two, he says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up in salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. That spiritual milk we know is, is learning through the scriptures and learning through what the, the word of the Lord teaches us. So even Peter's telling you, hey, get to the word of God. And then he literally talks to, uh, he then ends up going into scripture here right after that. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, look, even the songs you sing come from scripture, with thankfulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Yeah, we're getting to Hebrews 4. I think it might be next, actually. It might be Okay, not yet. Matthew 24, verse 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Guess what? Your church is in earth. Your church is on earth. And therefore, if the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but not my words will pass away, that means your church will pass away before his words pass away. The physical church, by the way, I'm not talking about the spiritual church. Um, Hebrews 4, someone brought it up. Very, very important right here. We know that it says it right in the middle or right at the end, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is. I don't know if you guys have ever had the, the word of God uh, uh, cut you by accident when you was wielding it. Um, I tell you guys all the time when me and JD come up here and we're preaching to y'all, sometimes we preaching and it it hits us. That's how it is. It's sort of like the belt your parents used to get get you with, and to sometimes flick back and hit them. Hey, this word of God can hit you when you're preaching it. You be preaching it like, okay, Lord, I heard you. That was for me too. Okay, bet. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is living and active, like period. So if the word of God is living and active then that means it holds the authority of God. And we know it does, period. I know I keep saying period, but I'm trying to emphasize that this isn't a discussion. I honestly don't know why people are debating this. So while we wait for JD to get back, uh, I'm going to dive into 2 Timothy. So a lot of us always read and we talk about 2 Timothy 3.16, but I want to start a little bit before there. So I've mentioned this before. Paul is writing to Timothy, a spiritual son to him, someone he has raised in the faith, someone who he loves dearly. And Paul's about to die. Paul's writing this letter knowing that the end is coming and he is about to be poured out like a uh, cup offering in his words, a drink offering. And he knows that it's over. So what does he prepare Timothy with? What does he tell Timothy to do? Does he tell Timothy, hey, check in with the other apostles, make sure you stay close to them stay close to their successors, you know, uh, stay in line with what they teach, stay in line with the, with the body and the, and the traditions. Is that what he tells Timothy? Or does he say, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise 
or salvation through Jesus Christ. I lost where I was at, but I know what it says. Where is it at? Make you wise for salvation through, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And I want to talk a little bit more about what's really being said here, because we oftentimes just read this. But how often do we sit down and really think about what's being said before he talks about the scripture being breathed by God? He tells Timothy that he has been trained from youth in the in the sacred writings, the scriptures that are capable of making you wise for salvation uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you might be wondering, well, wait a minute. The New Testament wasn't there yet. Right now, granted, at this point, there might be some letters. And I, I don't know at what point they realized that these letters would be scripture. We know Peter recognizes Paul's words as scripture, as he says in his letter. But regardless, the majority of what Paul's speaking about right now is the Torah, the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not what you think it is. And, and I want to say this because I've realized this is a big problem amongst Christianity. Some Christians separate the New Testament and the Old Testament too much as if it's like these completely separate things. Like, oh, that's the old covenant. As if if I didn't have my New Testament, what would I do? This is why I think when you talk with Catholics, they treat it like the New Testament is everything because they'll say, well, we gave you the Bible. Well, wait a minute. Even if I didn't have the New Testament, I can know who Jesus is, believe in Jesus and be saved. As Paul declares, the New Testament is not separate from the Old Testament. It's it's. They are literally talking about the same thing. It's just more expounding upon the revelation of God. And in the New Testament, it's talking about that being fulfilled, which was declared in the Old Testament. But these are the same things. Like everything being said in the New Testament has been said already. They're just saying it with more clarity because the Holy Spirit has guided them to understand it better. This is why Paul talks about mysteries that he's sharing, these things that were hidden in Christ and, and, and true. Um, that's why it's so crucial to not interpret the handful of obscure verses in such ways, but take it in light of the clear teaching of Scripture as a whole. Amen, Daniel. Beautiful, beautiful present, uh, way to Absolutely. say that. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so we were reading Second Timothy, um, and, and we read through it already. But I'm going back through kind of slow. So we see him saying, "Stay, you know, stay true to what you've learned in those scriptures." And then he then adds, "All scriptures breathed by God. All scriptures theanostas." And I've mentioned this before, but I have to keep mentioning it because of how powerful it is. That word only exists for this one description. Therefore, there is nothing on this planet that is theanostas other than scripture. Nothing is God-breathed with the same level of uh, directly from God except Scripture. Nothing else is theanostas. The church is not theanostas. When the church leaders speak, it is not theanostas. It says all Scripture is breathed out by God. And then profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for correction. That, that encompasses everything. Yeah. You get taught. You Reproof is how you, is how you stay in line. And correction is what keeps you from going too far out of base. And then it says, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. But this word artios is actually the word for perfect also. So, um, oh, I got the wrong thing selected. It's the word for perfect also. So therefore it's saying that this, the word of God can make the man, of, uh, the word of God can make the man of God perfect. And yes, that is true. You might think, well, we can't be perfect. <laughs> Nothing about this is about you. The word of God has everything needed to make you perfect. You don't do it. <laughs> you, 
you don't follow those instructions perfectly. Like, I mean, heck, Proverbs would get you pretty close to perfect. But you're not capable. But it is what we need. And then the this one's a, a killer that I don't think enough people realize. Equipped for every good work, meaning there's no good works beyond the what the Bible can equip you for. Now, it might not lay it out in the Bible, but it equips you for every good work. And that is why yeah. we trust the word of God the way we do. I mean, we, we also see this in the very, if you go to First Timothy. If you go to First Timothy, we see Paul's exhortation to, 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 to young Timothy over here. I mean, um, look at that from there. Look at this warning. Uh, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may charge uh, certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Look at how he opens that letter up. Because what do we see today? What do we literally see today on TikTok 24-7? You can scroll through the FYP. If you come across, they're arguing about earth flat, uh, uh, verse, baptism, Holy Spirit gifts. These things are absolutely not, a, it's, it's not topics of uh, to argue. We're going to state, this is what the scripture says. This is how we harmonize what the scripture says. And look at how he carries on here. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law. See a lot of that. Without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. How many have we seen? How many of these Torah observers have we seen making these confident assertions about what Jesus Christ actually meant when it came to pluricide, when it came to fulfillment of the law? You know how many people still do not understand pluricide, the fulfillment of the law, what Christ fulfilled? Most still don't understand that because they're being tossed to and fro between law keepers and those who are grace ambassadors for Christ Jesus. In verse 8, he says, now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and the disobedient. Confirming what Paul says to us in Romans chapter 6, if I had not known, if it had not been for the law, I would not know what it is to covet. I would not know what idolatry is if the law had not been presented or set forth for me. Again, we know what is right and what is wrong according to the standard of God. Again, this standard does not get lowered simply because of grace. Shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? God forbid. No. Again, we understand that grace is not a license for us to walk according to the flesh. In fact, grace is the reason we walk according to the spirit of Christ. This right, is what so the text makes abundantly clear. Amen. And I want to go somewhere that I've never used before, but I just felt like it, it, it is a place we should go. I've never used this in this argument before, but tell me if I'm wrong on this one, JD. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, and put on your glasses of tradition. No? <laughs> Why is it that in my armor, God's word is laid out there? It's that this is part of your armor. This goes with I love your, how it ends there. Yeah. I love faith, that's how that's the completion. Like this goes with the most the gospel. Listen to everything in the armor: righteousness, truth, gospel, faith, salvation, and scripture. Scripture gets put in the category with righteousness, gospel, faith, salvation. I missed one, but whatever. And truth. <laughs> truth. So Amen. wrong here to say that this is evidence right here. So because I'm soul of faith, I'm also soul of righteousness, I'm soul of peace. I'm these are my I'm soul of armor of God. Like, so why wouldn't the word of God be in the same cat? It just man, I tell you, you know, I get you know, you know. Mm. Okay, JD, yep. hold on. There's more. We're going through it. Verse six, first Corinthians, since they like to take second Thessalonians out of context. Here's Paul talking saying, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written. Not oh. to go beyond what is written. Say what? Beyond what is written. They love Second Thessalonians, where it says, stay true. But see, here's the thing. I can make these two work together. They can't. In their breakdown of Second Thessalonians, there's things that are not written. In my breakdown, Second Thessalonians, the things spoken are the same things written. And if the things spoken are the same things written, then you're not going beyond what is written. But they don't want to talk about that. You know why? Because at the end of the day, it's not even about Second Thessalonians. It really is about they. It's um, sadly. I love enough, how it ends, though. I love how it ends. None. Yeah. Amen. But look, carry on reading. What does he say there? Oh, Just that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one another. For who sees Ooh. anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Mm. Preach. Preach, Paul. Preach. <laughs> and that's, that's, again, why it is so essential that we look. We look at the, we look at the scriptures. We see the scriptures. And we see, okay, how do we apply the scriptures? To today, why did James say do not just be hearers but be doers? Why are we applying the verses to our lives? Because when we are applying what has been said in the context, we can operate in the love which we are called to love our brothers and sisters in. This is it. Walking in love is not just is, is not just something that happens the day you believe the gospel. Um, Paul Paul even says, you know, he says in in multiple of his he, he had to learn how to become content he had to learn patience he had to learn endurance he had to learn these things these things come by the process we call sanctification god's the potter we the clay man amen and then and then this is what i talked about earlier where it says uh for they say his letters are weighty and strong but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. 
Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Oh, now, man. Mm, mm. I, had, I had Psalms 119 open, but I want to close it for a minute. And I just want to talk about, you know, because we got, we got a little bit of time left and really want to hammer home some of the important things that we understand on why we believe in Sola Scriptura. I also want to point to the idea of what the Holy Spirit is promised for, because at the end of the day, I, I really don't mean this as a joke when I say this, J.D., if they have no need to interpret scripture because they can't do it beyond what the magisterium says. In fact, I think I just saw a video by the Voice of Reason guy the other day where he was saying something about how the people that challenge the Pope, like you can you can critique him, but you can't challenge him or something like that. Right. And you can't go against what he says unless you No, no this is what he said. The only way you can actually con uh, uh, challenge the Pope is if you do so with the same hermeneutics that the Catholic Church applies. Basically saying you have to use the Pope's lens in order to challenge the Pope. But if you use the Pope's lens, then you would not come to a different conclusion than the Pope. It's a, it's, a, it's a circular thing here. And that tells me like, well, wait a minute. What is the purpose? Because Jesus tells us that the Spirit gives remembrance of things, uh, 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 teaches you all things. Uh, John tells us that we get taught by the Spirit. What is the purpose if I can't come to, if the Spirit can't reveal anything to me? Because if it's against my Pope, I can't, you know? It's just mind-blowing to me. Like, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 and, and again, we, we need to understand how the Holy Spirit moves um, because your thoughts your intrusive thoughts um, are not always the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this is ultimately where we have um, people giving, you come across these live streams, Holy Spirit's moving, um, you know, Holy Spirit activate, Holy Spirit, we invite you. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't need an invitation. Um, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is actively working in the world. Um, as we see it, we see it among believers. We see the Holy Spirit actively busy all the time. God, God doesn't sleep. God doesn't go, okay, well, I'm taking today off. God is always busy, always moving, always abounding. His love is forever extending. So we see true transformation happening within people who have believed the gospel. That's what it comes down to every single time we come back to it. Have you truly believed the gospel or is this just vain belief? Do you have head knowledge of it? Because if we misunderstand the gospel, we're going to misunderstand how the Holy Spirit works within the believer. Um, and what do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit doesn't just all of a sudden give Mike a word of knowledge for me at midnight. And he's messaging me going, yo, JD, Holy Spirit just told me you need to stop eating carbs, bro. Uh, because you're going to get gout or whatever the case. This is not how the Holy Spirit works. We've, we've got instructions. Um, and because the scripture is breathed out by God, we know that Paul, Peter, James, um, and all the writers of the old Testament wrote down, penned down, by the influence of the Holy Spirit. They didn't do this by themselves. The Holy Spirit was behind these writings. So when people claim that the Holy Spirit has revealed something to them outside of the scriptures, it is not the Holy Spirit. 
it is not the Holy Spirit. And I will die on that wall, gladly. Mm -hmm. It's not the Holy Spirit. So now that we've gotten to the end of this, because, again, we could talk about this for multiple episodes, but now I want to wrap this around real quick or, or bring it back around to explain to you why it's also so serious in this conversation, uh, talking about these traditions. I want to take you guys to Mark chapter 7. This is a very powerful moment. And we see here it says, Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandments of God and hold to the traditions of men. And, and, and I want to now read real quick Galatians 1. Well, well, actually, you are no Galatians 1. Let me go ahead and make my point now. So you often hear this idea like, you know, well, well, we hold to these traditions because uh, you know, this is what the early church held to. But Paul warns us if anyone, even we, an apostle or an angel, bring to you a gospel contrary to, to what you've heard, let them be accursed. And in Galatians 2, Paul rebukes Peter over something extremely small. The way Peter's actions were, were leading people to believe, Gentiles to believe they needed to be circumcised. So literally, just on his actions leading people to believe that, Paul rebukes them. However, in today's Roman Catholic Church, you cannot be a member of that Catholic Church without accepting every single one of their dogmas. So even though the gospel message is the same message, Jesus Christ came into the flesh, fully God, fully man, went to the cross, died on the cross, rose three days later. That, that, that's the same. What is not the same is the fact that you need, to do, you need to do more than just believe that. You need to believe all these dogmas or else you can't be a part of this church. Now, a lot of Catholics don't even know these things, so they'll get upset with me and they'll be like, no, that's not true. But I've quoted it before, Pope Pius XII, if you do not believe these uh, dogmas as established here, then it is as if you have fallen away from the faith and stand condemned. And I showed you the Mark 7 for a reason as well, because this our argument of, you know, our you know, these go back to the beginning. The length of time is supposed to be this proof of, you know, Therefore, we're the truth. You and I have only lived for how long? JD, how old are you? Yeah, 36. 36. I'm 36. So we've been alive for 36 years. I can't tell you what's actually true about what happened 1,500 years ago or 500 years ago. All we can do is read historical documentation written by fallible men, meaning it can be corrupted. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but it can be. You know what can't be corrupted? The word of God, because I trust Amen. that my God is powerful enough to protect his own word. And he tells Amen. us, don't put your trust in man, put your confidence in the Lord. He tells us, let all men be liars, let God be true. So, and then in the Bible, we see examples of Pharisees holding traditions equal to God based on longevity. So if mm -hmm. today's Catholic church tells me, hey, these are our traditions on longevity, if anyone, even we, or an, uh, or an angel, bring you a gospel contrary to the one you have heard here, let them be accursed. Amen. In the very final thing to add on top of all that, and then I'll let you have, have a moment, JD, is even if 
because I, I know there might be a Catholic watching. Even if your doctrine is 100% true, you still have no, uh, the Catholic Church has no authority to tell non-Catholics that they're not saved. If you go to Mark chapter nine, I've said it before, I love this passage. John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. He wasn't one of the apostles. But Jesus said, do not stop him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. So ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, always offer a cup to them. No matter what kind of uh, anger you have towards someone, we always offer a cup to anyone who claims to love Jesus, well, even if we have extreme disagreements, because that's what God tells us to do, to, we're called to love. But they don't offer cups. I'm going to just be honest. They don't. They, 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 they don't. Some of them do. And, and to those, I love you. But there are some that don't offer a cup, and they act like if you're not with us, you're against us. And that's not what Jesus says. He says, Amen. if they're with us, you can't, don't get mad at them just because they're not walking with you. They're not following us. Yeah. Go ahead, JB. And, 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 and again, again, what I mentioned earlier, we see the same thing happening here. And I've, I've, I've brought this to the attention of many people who have missed this. When Jesus Christ says to them, the traditions of men, go and find anywhere in the Old Testament where God gave the command to wash their hands before eating. And you won't find it. If you won't find the washing of hands being a command from God, this is a command added on by them. This is this is what they added to God's word. God said, "Do not eat unclean food." He didn't mention washing of hands. There was no instruction to clean your hands before. It was the instruction was not to eat unclean things. So again, notice how subtle it is. We see the very same thing happening today. It's subtle. It's okay, yeah, you must wash your hands before you eat. It's so subtle. Yeah. I mean, it's and and we see these subtleties. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's very much the same with 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 people that you know that take uh videos that that are made and they they strategically snip up the the sections they they want to expose. There is a context to what's being said. If you're going to listen to the context. And then, then, then rebuttal like a like a grown man, and and have a discussion like a grown man. By all means, do that. But if you're gonna if you're gonna strategically snip snip stuff up, um, and 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 make fun of and mock, it, it, like I don't even I don't even I feel sorry. I feel sorry for people that do that on TikTok. Nice I really do. <laughs> I just if he's watching, he's pathetic. Nobody's worried about you, little boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just it's it's truly sad because if we're if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we are gonna disagree on we are let me just be we are gonna disagree on doctrine. At some point we're gonna disagree on what that is and how we need to apply that. And guess what? If it's non-selvific, we can go, I Let's agree to disagree. Love you. Go in peace. That's that's it's it's that simple. Uh, we do not have to tear the other person to shreds and make them look foolish just for our own personal gain. Uh, look what I know that you don't know. Guess what? There's, there's, we're not all going to know everything. Um, 
And that's that's why we do this. This is why Mike and I have committed our time to reading the Bible together for however long it takes us. If we have for the next two and a half, three years reading the Bible together, then that's what we'll be doing. God willing. God willing, that's what we'll be doing. And guess what? Even in our, as we've moved from Genesis through to Exodus, Mike and I have both learned something we didn't know yeah, prior to reading that before. And, and, and that's the beauty of God's word. Every single time we go back, we, we, we learn something else. I learned that JD cannot control his laughter if you get him. If you just give him that little tickle, just that little tickle is all it takes. Oh, man. In fact, we might not need to be around each other in person because I might be a bad influence in his life just trying to make him laugh because it's fun. It's fun. But no, yeah, no, it's, it's been a yeah. – that's the thing. And, and I want to reemphasize this. This ministry's goal is 100% about growth. And I've allowed things to distract me in the past where we go back and forth with people. But uh, look, we're centered on Christ. We will speak against lies. We will speak against heresies. We will debate if necessary and do all those things. But we never do it. Uh, uh, to prove being right or to, to actually go back and forth. Our goal is to make sure that everybody listening is checking the word of God. Cause like at the end of the day, even if you disagree with me, I'm going to make you go to the word of God. Cause you're going to have, if you want to go toe to toe with me, we're not going to do it on opinion. We're going to do it on scripture. Um, but there's just some people Amen. that are full of anger, full of hate and full of disgust. And we can't do anything about them. They feed off this. I will say this though, guys, if you, if you come across people that, make those videos about myself or JD. And obviously I make, and I'm more active. So you're going to find, you're going to run across more of them about me. Don't even entertain them. Like, you know what I mean? Don't, don't send it. Don't, don't even go view it. Honestly, if you don't want to, I'm not telling you don't have to, but I'm saying like, you could view it once, make sure that, you know, I'm not a heretic, but after that, cause I watch someone's going to be like, look, he told you to stay away. Cause he knows the truth is being said over here. Watch it once and then keep it moving. And like I've mentioned before, watch the original video. Um, and hey, what in the world, boy? Hey, what's up, Corpse? What's happening, big boy? Cool headband, man. American. What are you doing? Oh. Um, uh, oh, say prayers. Hey, well, go get in bed. I'll be up there in two minutes. I love you. Perfect timing. Sure. We're about to end this podcast here in a moment, and um. I get to go say goodnight and, and do prayers with my kids before rolling into the after show, which will be a short one tonight. I say that every day. I say that every week, and it never ends up being a short one, but it will be a short one. Um, I was reading a comment. See? Well, that was it was good. Again, lots lots of questions. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this up again. Um, if if there is anybody that's got any additional questions, uh, the Mike's email, my email uh, down below. If you if you have any questions, please send them through. Um, I know we do sometimes miss uh, questions in the chat, um, mm -hmm. especially if they're not on the topic at hand. Uh, we might go over them. But if there are any questions or anything you are battling with personally, uh, please know that you can reach out. Um, and join the Discord. Uh, the link is in Mike's Beacons, so you can join the the, the Discord server there as well and uh, become a part of the family, man. Join our studies, be involved. And yeah. Again, we do not ask. There's no sign-up fee. There's no money that needs to be given by you. Um, all we ask is that you like and share um, and that you encourage others to, to, to view the podcast, share the podcast if there are any other questions um, about salvation, 
um, we we are more than happy to answer them. Um, we know there are some difficult questions that will pop up during your walk, and this is this is a good thing. It's it's good to question what you've been taught. It's good it's good to question what you've heard. Um, and there is always a correct way, and that is God's way through God's word. So, um, as Mike will tell you, as always, go in peace, grace and peace. Uh, be blessed, and we will see you guys after Thanksgiving. Again, uh, I don't think there will be a Bible reading this week, so there will be no Exodus reading this week. Um, no, we'll there is uh, next week. no reading this week. We're going to go ahead and take that time off for holidays because, you know, like I said, we over here in America, we're celebrating the holidays. Uh, JD's trying to rush out of here. I get it. He just wants to get away from us because he's like, I'm too good for you people. But uh, <laughs> I saw someone ask about what about Psalm 119? Way too big of a chapter to try and even get into that, I realized. But we actually have an entire episode where we went through Psalm 119. I think the title of the episode was yeah. Psalm 119. So if you are interested in that, you can go back. Uh, into our older episodes and find that. Um, on top of all that, just want to confirm what JD said uh, about the Discord. But first, let me just say for everybody watching on Facebook and TikTok, um, you might not have seen it, but we've got a lot of people over here joining us. We have over 100 people in the YouTube. It, I really suggest it. I know I say it all the time, but if you're going to come back here every week, come to the YouTube and be a part of the community. These guys get to see each other all the time, get to know each other. And like I said, we also have a Discord server with over 1,500 members. We have Bible studies, whether it be male and, and, and female Bible studies or co-ed Bible studies, fellowship groups. We know there are some of you out there that don't have fellowship, don't have people equally yoked to talk to about things, don't have people to lean on. And we want you to have that. So we provide that for you in a temporum kind of temporum, interim kind of thing um, in, in hopes that you do find something uh, in person. But at the same time, we will offer it to you as long as we can uh, online. So Discord, it's in the it's in the bio, uh, YouTube every Monday and Wednesday, 830 Central. And like I said, we're going to take this week off for our Bible reading. However, next Friday, we'll be back at 8 a.m. on the Bible readings, guys. If you have not caught up, this is your moment to catch up to us so you guys can catch up and keep rolling with us. Or if you are caught up with us, take this moment to just go ahead and reflect on what we've been studying so far. Because, I mean, if you think about it, this thing's rolling. Like, I mean, we're we're already in Exodus. It's going to it, it feels slow in the moment. But before you know it, we're going to be going through uh, uh, chapter after chapter, book after book, and it's going to fly by. Amen. Um, I appreciate Amen. you. Today. You are awesome for, uh, you know, just always waking up at 4 a.m. On behalf of all those followers uh, that 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 thank you. I say for you, for them, thank you very much for taking the time to wake up in the morning, um, coming online, making sure you're here, looking like you've been awake for hours, just looking like a million bucks. Although I will say, you know, uh, we missed the beard. It's 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 it just I don't know if you know this, but we're in a month called No Shave November, and and if you're gonna let it grow, this is it. This is the month to do it. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I'll just say I'll just say to everybody going on about uh, Psalm Psalm one nineteen the the specific verse Mark was going to go to Psalm one hundred nineteen verse one hundred five Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path um, and that's ultimately you know again Isaiah fifty five uh, Hebrews four twelve John seventeen seventeen There's so many verses where we can see God's word being His truth um, and the final authority. Um, and then I saw the question, are we Calvinists or sensationists? We are neither uh, Calvinists nor sensationists. They are, we, we've, we've also discussed this on multiple episodes um, when it I'm comes to sensationism. We, 
<laughs> so we we've discussed the gifts of the spirit we we still believe god can move god can um give his gifts to whoever he wants to gift uh give his gifts to um at the appointed time um we don't profess to speak for god um or have any authority i don't believe in trinitarians who stick to the word of god we don't like titles amen because then you can make an assumption on what we believe. Let me say this a million times. I'll say it again. We will confess our absolute faith to you from beginning to end of everything we believe. The reason why I know that I firmly stand on it, I think JD agrees, is that these titles sometimes might mean one thing to you that it might not mean to another person. So if I said I'm X, Y, and Z, you might assume that means whatever your experience is with that word, the people you've met that believe that. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been around in the Christian faith long enough to tell you that no two Christians believe the exact same thing, even in the same church Amen. building. And that's why I said, Amen. I say all the time, I'll give you my confession of faith. I'd rather you know what I believe rather than you trying to guess what I believe based on a title. Amen. 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 Well, with that being said, grace and peace, everybody. We love you. I'm gonna Be go blessed and have a, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. <laughs> Amen. We, hey, I will eat some extra ham tomorrow. Let the Torah observers know I'm going to be nose deep in some pork. Because uh, this is the only time I eat pork. I don't eat pork throughout the year. But best believe, on Thanksgiving and on uh, Christmas, I get that honey ham. Boy, I'm about to go tear it up. But uh, y'all have a blessed one. I will be over on TikTok shortly. I'm going to go pray with my boys. Uh, as I put them to bed, but I love you all. God bless. And as always, on peace. Oops. Yep. Yep. Put it back on. There we go. All right. I'm